Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good evening to you all. Uh, just in case we haven't met, uh, my name's David and I'm the vicar here, so welcome to all those of you who are regular or new, whether you're a student or you were once a student or you've never been a student. It's great to have you all here. Please keep that passage of scripture open. Um, we're going to look at these words together. Um, I want to reaffirm in you tonight this truth that God is calling you in your life. God is calling you to reflect his image, the image of God, to the world around you. God is calling you to be a light in the world, on your front lines, wherever you're going to be, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, whether it's university or work or your communities, among your friends or your family, God is calling you to be a light in that place. And God is also calling you to join in with him in building his church, the body of Christ through its ministries and mission. And it's this call to, to serve and to feed the sheep, as we've just read, that comes out of this passage, John 21, as Jesus asked Peter this, these questions, three times he asked Peter, do you love me. So let's pray and then we're going to have a look at these words. Lord Jesus, we are here tonight because we can say yes, we love you. We love worshipping you and we, we love to dwell in your word, we love to gather as your people and I pray for each person here that, Lord, by your spirit, you would drench us in your love tonight. Fill our hearts and our minds with an awareness of the truth of the love that you have for each person sat here this evening. That whatever might have been spoken over us in our lives, whatever we have faced this week, this year, or in our lives, your love for us is unending, unchanging, and unconditional. And so I pray the love of Christ fill us tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. To follow Jesus means to serve and not to be served. To follow Jesus means to lay down our lives, to lay down our, our desires and our wants and our wishes and the things that we're hoping for in our lives to pursue Jesus' purposes in us, for us, his kingdom values. To follow Jesus means to demonstrate our love for Jesus by making disciples and reaching out to the lost. And last week, if you were here, we were looking at that passage of scripture in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus calls the disciples for the first time. He miraculously provides a catch of fish and as Simon Peter comes out of the boat and reaches the shore he falls on his knees before Jesus 
And he says, go from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. And he leaves his fishing nets, he leaves his livelihood behind, and he responds to Jesus' call to follow Jesus. And here we are in John 21, with the other side of the cross and the resurrection. And here again are these words, as Izzy read them to us. In verse 19, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. And we've got to remember that Peter the one whom Jesus said, you are the rock on which I will build my church, was also the one who denied Jesus three times. If you remember, he'd been in that courtyard and he'd sat round a, a coal fire. And the coal fire actually is quite significant because three times he said, I don't know this Jesus, I have nothing to do with him. He denied Jesus three times. But here he is again in John 21 on the shores of Lake Galilee, gathered around another coal fire. This time it's a barbecue as they're cooking fish. The resurrected Jesus appears to the disciples. And if the first coal fire, that smell reminded Peter of his guilt in denying Jesus, this second fire on the beach, the same smell, reminded Peter of his redemption and his restoration, his recommissioning and calling from Jesus. And I absolutely love this scene. I've had the privilege of, of going to Lake Galilee and they took us near to where they think this took place. And it is a stunning place. If you ever get the opportunity, go to the Holy Land and walk along the shores of Lake Galilee and read these words as you go. And it's not just the scenery that is stunning, but it is the significance of what happened in that place as we read it here in John 21, because it symbolizes redemption and forgiveness and calling. And so having eaten this barbecue, this, the fish with the disciples, Jesus leads Peter on his own. And he asks this searching question three times. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And of course, having denied Jesus three times, the Lord is, is reversing, he's resurrecting what had happened. The guilt that Peter had felt in denying Jesus, he restores Peter by asking three times, do you love him? me he's redeeming Peter and of course he's pointing Peter to the first commandment love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind in other words he's saying to you and me love the Lord with everything that you've got he's saying respond to what Jesus has done for you and me on the cross taking our sin, taking the sin of the, all humanity on himself once and for all. Respond to this outrageous act of love and sacrifice given for you by loving God in return. 
John, the gospel writer, actually uses two different Greek words here for love. One of them is agape and the other one is filio. But agape is the highest standard of love. It is a fully committed, sacrificial love. The love that Jesus shows you through the cross. And Jesus is saying to Peter, but he's also saying to you and me, do you love Jesus with that kind of love? Do you love Jesus in a fully committed, sacrificial way? Would you demonstrate your love for the Lord by giving up some of those things that you hold dear to you, to you in your life in order to reach out to the lost and to build the kingdom of God and God's church? Do you love him that much? And I don't know about you, but as I read these words, I realize, well, I'm just like Peter. You know, I mess up regularly, make mistakes. You know, we say things and do things and think things that are not of God. We sin. And I want to give us a moment now just to press pause. And for each one of us, me included, to just bring to God those things which we have done and said and thought this week that are not godly and to say sorry and to repent. So let's just for a minute close our eyes, a minute of silence, and let's each in turn just silently say sorry to God. wonder of what's going on here in this passage is that Jesus is restoring Peter. Jesus is forgiving Peter just in the same way that Jesus forgives you and me. That's why he went to the cross. He, he redeems us. He restores us. He forgives us and he reinstates you and me as sons and daughters of the living God as we come to him in faith and as we say, sorry, repent, turn back to him. And he restores and forgives and reinstates us in order that we can then serve him. In order that we can show our love to this world. The second commandment, love your neighbor, love one another. And for Peter, this call involved surrender and sacrifice we read here in this passage, in verse 18, have a look at it, that Peter was called to something that Jesus said he wouldn't want to do. Peter was crucified upside down. He literally gave his life for his faith in Jesus. 
And our call is similar but different to Peter. I mean, we are very unlikely to be crucified, but we are very likely to be called to go places and do things and say things that will lead us to being mocked and isolated, maybe insulted, maybe alienated. You know, I think particularly of you students as you've just joined the university. These are key moments where you're going to feel this tug of war as the world is pulling you to get involved in all sorts of different things at university. But the Lord wants to say to you, stand firm. Stand firm and be strong in the faith. Three weeks ago, I spoke about the fact that we all have a general call in our lives, which is a call to be more like Jesus, to be Christ-like. But we also have a specific call to be out there on our front lines during the week, but also to get involved, as Jesus says to Peter here, feeding the sheep, caring for God's people in the church, the children, the youth, the students, the adults, the elderly, the vulnerable, but also those outside the church, the homeless, those who are refugees and asylum seekers, those who are lonely and lost and confused in life, those who are bereaved, And the question for you and me is, what is God calling you to? What does it look like for you to feed the sheep? And you know, when this is done well in the church across the nation, it is glorious. You know, volunteers from churches represent the greatest number of volunteers of any movement across the world. It's vast, helping with debt counselling and toddler groups and feeding the homeless, the list goes on. But as I've been watching the World Cup rugby in the last few weeks, sometimes it feels like church is more like a game of rugby where there's 30 people who are desperately in need of a rest being watched by 30,000 people who are desperately in need of doing some exercise. (laughs) The church works best when everybody's involved, every single one of you, doing your bit as God calls you. And church isn't about just coming here and receiving and then skipping home. It's about actually contributing to building the body of Christ that is the church through serving, through giving time. And as you serve, you will grow in your faith. I think about my life, it's the the single most important way in which I have grown in my faith. As you serve and feed the sheep, you will connect with others. If you're here and you feel lonely, you know, you can't get to know everyone in Greyfriars, but you can be known But the best way to do that is by serving. And as you serve, you will see people grow in their faith. It's one of the great privileges I have in my job of seeing all of you as you serve grow, discern your gifts, stretch your wings and fly. We see people growing as disciples. And you might decide as you walk around the ministry fair in a minute that you want to get involved in international mission. You might want to get involved in helping the homeless. You might want to get involved in the refugee ministry or welcome or worship. 
there is a plethora of opportunities to get involved. But it all begins with our love for God, as it did for Peter. And from there, we respond. And we're going to respond together now. And I am challenging you all, I am urging you all, and I'm genuinely saying this for your own spiritual growth and health, to get involved. Do something. So as you walk around and you seek God and you talk to people at the ministry fair, work out what is God giving you a nudge to get involved in and just put your name down. Give it a go. If it doesn't work out, try something else. And you might be here tonight and say, well, David, I don't have any gifts. Nonsense. God is the great giver of gifts and he is faithful. You have gifts. It is time to use them. You might say, David, I am so busy. If only you understood what's going on in my life, I haven't got time to do anything else. The challenge is not our availability. The challenge is our priorities. And Jesus is saying to you tonight, do you love me? more than all the other things and other people in your life. So get involved. Wander around, ask questions, speak to those who are leading the different ministries. And if you're here tonight and you think, well, actually, maybe God's calling me to start something new here at church. Come and find me or Natalie. We'll be in the center, in the middle of the room at the back. And come and tell us and say, you know, God's put this thing on my heart and I don't know what to do with it, but we think maybe, you know, maybe I should get something new going and we'd love to help you. So we're going to pray in a minute, but I just want to give you some practical tips on how this is going to work. So the next step. So number one, what we're about to do is an act of worship. So if you're sat here now and you think, I think maybe David's saying this is the end of the service, you're wrong. (laughs) This going down into the centre is an act of worship. Um, On a very practical note, can I encourage you to take your belongings with you? This is a public building, so don't just leave them here thinking, they'll be fine, I'll leave my wallet here, please take it with you. Um, To get to the centre, you can either turn right out of the doors at the back, go through the atrium, down the steps, there's about six of them, uh, and into the centre, Or if you can't, unfortunately the lift isn't working at the moment, so if you need to, uh, if you can't use the steps, then head out the doors of the atrium, outside, through the car park, and we'll open the the big double doors into the centre. Take your time, walk around, seek God, get involved. Does that sound okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it is only when we look to the cross that we see the magnitude of what you have done for us and for the whole world. And so, Lord, would you keep our eyes fixed upon you? And, Lord, we pray that as we walk now and listen and talk and discern, may we show our love for you by getting involved, however small that may be, 
And so, Lord Jesus, would you lead us now in your name and by your grace. Amen.